pennies during the week. Uh, I always try to remind people on Sunday morning during the services, we have a prayer room. Uh, we're getting ready uh, to, well, we've been working on a prayer garden. I think I mentioned that to you guys, which, which uh, is, is just really beautiful back there behind the modular. And hopefully in a few weeks we'll have that up available. A lot more room. The, the room back there is a lot more roomy and so forth. But uh, it's just important that we're a praying people. And so, um, you know, in our prayer closets and collectively, and um, it, it's such a valuable, valuable uh, 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 call on our life. And I can't tell you guys enough how much I appreciate all your prayers that, that you pray for me and, and uh, our staff here in the ministry and for one another. And so tomorrow at noon, we'll, we'll uh, Lord willing, be praying. And then Sunday, we got pancakes. So uh, usually it's the third Sunday of the month. We um, uh, have food for everybody. So come out and, and come before service unless it's first service or stay afterwards and we'll feed you guys, break bread together. And... Um, then retreat for the fellows. It's about 10 days out. And so um, if you haven't signed up yet, you got tonight. We'll have sun, sign up Sunday and then next Wednesday. And then uh, Lord willing, we'll be up at the retreat. So if you need help financially, absolutely speak up. We have some scholarships available. And as I've been sharing, if you want to scholarship somebody, encourage you to do that as well. And then one last note with announcements. Uh, April 1st is Resurrection Sunday. And... Uh, um, I, I just decided I'm no longer calling it Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. So that's on all our flyers and whatnot. And uh, Ishtar gets enough attention already. So um, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. But Resurrection Sunday. So be keeping that in prayer. As the Lord willing, we'll be down in Sunken Gardens again. And uh, it's just our hope that, that once again the park's filled and the gospel goes forth and uh, people respond to the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, so um, I thought I had one one other thing with that, but just just be keeping that in prayer, and we'll have invites and things soon. Oh, I know what I was going to say, and I'll probably get talking about it that morning too. Uh, I looked on um, on Google. Uh, I think I got like a, an iPhone, so I guess it's I don't is that I guess it's Apple. So I go on the calendar on there, and I was trying to find out when Resurrection Sunday, as they call it, Easter. I was trying to find out when. When that was, I should know that, right? As the pastor, this is a couple weeks ago. I'm like, no, that was about four weeks ago. And I'm looking, and, and you know, they'll have like a dot where there's a holiday and whatnot. And so I see April 1st, and I click on it, and it didn't say Easter, it said April Fool's. <laughs> and it has mothers, it has, like, it has like Groundhog's Day and stuff on the calendar, like just nonsense. And I'm like, could that actually be there? And I go, and indeed, April 1st. And, and they're on the iPhone through Apple. It doesn't even say Easter. It says April Fool's Day. And I thought, boy, yeah, you're a fool. You're a fool, all right. So anyhow, I just gave you a, a little illustration, I guess, from the sermon. It'll be better than that, though, hopefully. <laughs> well, Leviticus 7. Tonight here, we, we come again to laws and, and uh, more instruction when it comes to these offerings that God had called Israel uh, to offer up for worship to the Lord, to give thanksgiving to God, and most importantly with the sin and trespass offering, uh, it, it was a picture of their faith for the forgiveness of their sins. Now again, we, we know they were saved the exact same way we are by grace, through faith. Again, our sin, and we're all sinners, separates us from God who is holy. The wages of our sin is death or or 
the second death if we die in our sin which is eternity under the wrath of god Um, and yet after man sinned in the garden god said a savior would come and so they had faith in that savior to come they knew they needed someone to stand in their place they were separated from god and they needed that bridge and these sacrifices that were brought with the sin and trespass offering was was a picture of remember taking their sin and placing it on on someone without sin and so they would do that with these these beasts and yet it was all a picture of christ to come who would be the fulfillment of of all of these things so with these sacrifices that they would bring uh some had to do with thanksgiving some had to do with offering their life as a sacrifice others had to do with uh thanking god for peace and laying burdens down to take up peace and then the sin and trespass offering and we'll talk more about this in a second again had to do with their sin nature and specific trespasses so we've been looking at that the last previous five weeks and then last week and this week we're getting into more details with these offerings instruction that they would be given concerning how these things were to be offered up instruction for the priests uh there's a lot and we'll see it again tonight of reiteration of cleanliness and a lot of this had to do with issues of sanitation it has to do with issues of microbiology and bacteria and such which you know what they practically uh were, were unaware of the lord was instructing them and then what with what we know today it's just amazing god's instruction and how he's protecting them and so forth and we'll also see tonight that a lot of this had to do with provision for the priest these sacrifices weren't waste they weren't wasted uh, a, a, a lot of it went to the livelihood of the, pe- the priest and their families to bring provision for them as they ministered spiritual things to the people um, then the people brought sacrifice to the lord but it also ministered material things to the priests so they could be in a place where they were dedicated to the ministry first and foremost to the lord and for the people and we'll see how that applies today as paul even takes this that we're looking at and brings new testament application to it so let's start by reading verses one down through ten and then we're going to comment kind of a on, on some of the things here a lot of this stuff we've already looked at in detail so i'm not going to get deeply into rehashing all of it uh, we'll touch on some things we'll build on some stuff we've already looked at as well so verse one he says likewise this is the law of the trespass offering it is most holy and the place where they kill the burnt offering they shall kill the trespass offering and its blood he shall sprinkle all around the altar and he shall offer from it all its fat the fat tail and the fat that covers the entrails the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys he shall remove and the priest shall burn them on the altar as an offering made by fire to the lord it is a trespass offering every male among the priests may eat it it shall be eaten in a holy place it is most holy the trespass offering is like the sin offering there is one law for them both the priest who makes atonement with it shall have it and the priest who offers anyone's burnt offering that priest shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering which he has offered and also every grain offering that is baked in the oven and all that is prepared in the covered pan or in the pan shall be the priest who offers it every grain offering whether mixed with oil or dry shall belong to all the sons of aaron to one as much as the other and so he starts this by saying uh, likewise this is the law of the trespass offering so he's saying this is like the the what we just talked about and in the previous chapter 
at the end of chapter 6, he was talking about uh, the sin offering. And in it, he's saying that the sin offering and the trespass offering are, are very, very similar. And he's saying these offerings are most holy. And we'll talk about this in a second, that the trespass offering and the sin offering, uh, there, they, there was no, they weren't optional. Listen, if, if you wanted to be in covenant with God there in Israel, if you even wanted to be uh, considered, uh, you know what, part of the nation, then you needed to understand that you were a sinner. And granted, God wanted them to bring these with a willingness of heart, but it wasn't an optional thing. Remember, God and Israel had a covenant together. They were called to walk in that together. And the sin, pa- the sin offering and the trespass offering weren't an optional thing. It was a requirement. Now, again, they need to bring that out of their own free will. There weren't others going around and, and forcing them to do this. But at the same time, if they chose not to, there was absolutely instruction about them being cut off from the people and so forth to cut out leaven, to cut out false teaching and so forth, lest their decision to do as thou wilt would affect the nation as a whole whom God had set apart to bring the Messiah through. But again, it was up to their own free will to bring that. So the trespass offering, the sin offering, they were most holy. Again, they, they, they weren't optional at all. Whereas we've talked about the burn offering, the meal offering, the peace offering. Those offerings were all, they were optional. Now remember the burn offering had to do with saying, Lord, I, I want to give you all. It was, it was a picture of just laying it all down before the Lord. And praise God, Jesus Christ did that for us. He, he didn't come to, to live for this earthly kingdom. He didn't come to live for himself. He was a servant. He took on the form of a man even to the point of the cross. And indeed, when we ask him to be our Lord, uh, that's, that's not just a call to say, Lord, save me. When we ask Jesus to be our Lord, we're saying, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be led by you. I, I want to live like you lived and so forth. I, I desperately need your help. I can't do it on my own. But we got to understand that. We, we, we need to know that. Uh, so the burnt offering, again, it was optional, uh, but it's something that should be the product of a relationship with the Lord. Uh, because it's wonderful when following the Lord. Listen, the more that you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. And the more you lay it down, you'll gain it. I remember Jesus talks about he comes to give life and life abundant. And we know that he comes to give eternal life through his death and resurrection. And I'll tell you that life abundant is found the more we just lay down our will and our desires and take up our cross and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe tonight you feel like you're alive but you're not living. If, if maybe you're in that place. Um, listen, I, I, I know there's a, a broad range of folks here tonight and, and so forth. And so I can't from obviously up here... Uh, counsel to your specific issue but I know this that it could be if you feel like you're alive and not living it could be because you're holding on to too many things the Lord is telling you just to come and lay them down and seek after him first and uh, real life is found absolutely when we say Lord I want to lay it all down before you I don't want to withhold anything from you I want to walk in the call you have on me in regards to all the areas of my life also, again, that meal offering, that grain offering, it was, a, it was an offering of thanksgiving. And, and that was an optional thing for them as well. Now, we're going to see over the next three Sundays that God's called us to rejoice always, to, give, uh, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all things. And he says, this is, your, my, this is 
God's will for you in Christ Jesus in 1 Thessalonians 5, um, what is it, uh, 16 through 18. And so yes, God would want us to be a thankful people, but again, being a burnt offering or saying, Lord, I give you it all in, in the sense of, of my action of doing that and saying thank you to the Lord, it should be something that comes out of the overflow of our hearts, uh, and yet they're not required though for our salvation, right? We're not saved by grace through faith, plus you got to give thanks to God every day. It's not that. Otherwise, we'd all be going to hell because we've all had days where we didn't give thanks to God, right? Even if it came out of our mouth, we've had those days where we complain and kick rocks all day. Uh, We'd all be in big trouble. Uh, There's only one Savior. It's Him. We're not co-redeemers. And then the same with the peace offering. The peace offering, again, was kind of another uh, offering of thanksgiving for the peace that they had with the Lord and We'll touch on it again. It had to do with kind of laying their burdens down to take up the peace of God. And all these things were optional. And, and, and again, when we come to Christ, uh, again, there is no option. It's got to be through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way to, to have right relationship with the living God than through what Jesus has done. And with the sin offering and the trespass offering, those offerings were pictures of the cross of Calvary. The sin offering was a picture of Jesus who, you know what, who became sin. Um, he who knew no sin became sin for us. It was a picture of, of the Lord taking our sin upon himself to atone for them. We're sinners, he's not. And yet he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on the form of a man, not as a sinner, but on the cross. I'm going to take their sin upon myself and again, sin brings death. Jesus, as his, our sin was placed upon him, he laid his life down, but the grave couldn't hold him because he was without sin. So he conquered the grave when he rose uh, from the dead. It couldn't hold him. And then we know that, again, the trespass offering had to do with specific sin. Uh, you know what? Specific transgressions that were committed against God. And so Jesus is our sin offering. Jesus is our trespass offering. And as he brought these sin offerings and trespass offerings again as, along with the burnt the meal and the peace offerings it all pointed to the lord jesus christ and as far as the sin offering the trespass offering fulfilled in jesus christ listen they're not optional if, if you want to have right standing with god if you want your soul saved and all of us should want that because there's no thing that's more precious than your soul than your eternity i mean you see people running around you know striving to to, to find peace and fulfillment and joy and security and happiness in this life. I mean, that's pretty much the goal of most people. Now, the paths they take are all different. Even outside of the Lord, people are pursuing that in different manners and in different ways. Uh, and yet, that, that, that aim is in most people's, uh, you know, at, uh, uh, wheelhouse there. And I would even go as far as to say people that act like they're destructive and so forth. They're actually trying to obtain the same things, just... In, 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 in even a, a, a more gross manner than other individuals that are trying to obtain it. And yet, if it's not in Jesus Christ, you're not going to find that. But people are trying to run around trying to find that temporarily, and yet we're eternal beings now. We're, we're going to live forever, ever, either in His presence or separated from Him. And so our soul, again, is of a most importance. As, as the Lord said, what does a prophet a man if he gains the whole world but he loses his soul. I mean, you know what? Uh, there, there's nothing of more value to our person uh, 
And, and again, there's no other way to have restoration of our soul and our forgiveness than the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, it wasn't optional. So the sin offering, the trespass offering, they were most holy because those were the offerings that made the people holy before God. When they said, I am a sinner, uh, I have a sin nature. So Lord, take my sin. Remember, they put their hands on their beast and put it on this beast, this beast that I brought uh, without blemish. Or, or maybe they weren't wealthy, so they, the Lord would allow them to bring, you know, two, two turtle doves or two pigeons. Or maybe they were just utterly impoverished, and the Lord still made a provision for them through a tenth of an ephah of, of, of fine flour. And yet, in all of it, it was that acknowledgement, I have a sin nature, I need to be washed, I need to be forgiven. And again, Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And then for others, you know, again, there would be other times where they had specific sin, and they said, I got to get this right with God. This is hindering my fellowship with God. So they would do the same. And again, there's only one way to have our souls washed and cleansed and to be right with the living God. And it's Jesus. Uh, scripture you're familiar with, but it's appropriate here. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only way. Or 1 Timothy 2, 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And let me ask you tonight, have you put your trust in him the only way? Can you say amen to that? Then hopefully we're abounding in him and we're walking with him and we're walking in our Christianity. And as we walk with him, then these other offerings, they're, they're the supernatural byproduct of a supernatural God working in our life where we want to bring offerings of thanksgiving where we're wanting to say lord i want you to have more of my life I, I want to be laying down these these nooks and crannies these different corners that that i've withheld i want to lay it all down before i want you to govern over all this i want to walk in the manner you've called me to walk again those things don't save us a sacrifice of thanksgiving won't save you but boy isn't it beautiful when it's there it's the byproduct of knowing the lord and partaking of salvation partaking of grace of mercy this is why hebrews 13 5, 15 says therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to god that is the first fruits of our lips giving thanks to his name and notice by him so it starts by him it starts by knowing him coming to him putting your faith in him and once you come to know him you begin to walk with him that that thanksgiving it is it's a byproduct and i have found in my life when the thanksgiving's not there uh it's usually because i've got my eyes off of him and 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 i'm i'm not heeding his counsel i'm not taking my thoughts captive through the work of the cross and so forth now again we saw here in in verse two he talks about the sprinkling of the blood again that when the offering was was killed the blood would be taken and sprinkled around the altar. And remember, this had to do with the priest himself being able to approach, uh, you know, the, the holy place. Because that sprinkling of the blood was a picture now covering his steps as he would offer up this sacrifice. And in the book of Hebrews, it, in multiple times, it talks about the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. And it's a picture of our lives being showered by the life of Christ, because life is in the blood. You know, it talks about blood in the scriptures, talking about life. The, the Bible declares that life's in the blood. And it took, it took men thousands of years to figure this out, that if, if you don't have blood, you don't have life. 
There were, there were times, different times, um, even in, in recent history, where, where someone would get sick and they say, oh, well, they need to bleed out. And they would go and put a hole in their head that they would bleed out, thinking, oh, if they bleed out, they're going to get better. And all they were doing was losing their life. Because without blood, you have no life. And so it was a picturing of the, of the sprinkling of the life of Christ so the priest himself could walk because he was a sinner as well to atone for others that brought that sacrifice. And really all of it, it, it all the more, it reinforces the great holiness of God. That even these priests that have been set apart for the priesthood, these Levites and so forth, uh, these men who for the most part were, were dedicated to the work of the Lord, uh, they in themselves still cannot approach God they needed to have, you know, at the, the, to be sprinkled with, the, with the, the shadow, which would eventually be filled with the substance of Christ, the life of Christ, you know what, uh, sprinkled before them. And the beautiful thing is when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we can know that, that we have been sprinkled by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the life of Christ. It's poured out before us. It's poured out before our steps as we walk. We are in Him. Again, when we come to faith and we're saved by grace through faith and he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, we really call on him, then we have an eternal salvation. And isn't that a glorious thing to know? Amen. That his life is sprinkled out before me. It should also be something, again, we rejoice in, we thank God for, but it should also be something that stirs our heart to understand, you know, as he's sprinkled before me, so to speak, in my steps, where are my steps going? You know, how am I living my life? Am I living my life with a reverence for him, knowing I'm covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or am I just taking that for granted and taking my steps wherever I want to take them? Again, all things are lawful, but they're not all profitable. And I want to walk in profitable steps, and I know the Lord wants that for us as well. Again, verse 3, they talked here about offering up all the fat, which was a symbol of the beast's health. A lot of times we think of fat and we think of unhealthy things. But listen, there, there's got to be some fat there or, you're, or there's a lack of health. You, you know, you'd be malnourished. And so it was a picture, again, of, of, of their health. Um, we'll get more on that in a second. And then notice 4 and 5, he talks about offering up the kidneys and the liver. And we touched on this earlier uh, in our study in Leviticus as he focused in on some of these internal organs. Again, it's a picture of, of the fact we need to be cleaned not just on the outside, but more importantly on the inside. And there's a lot of folks that run around, you know what, trying to show themselves as cleansed uh, by their outward actions and so forth. But if the inside isn't clean, if the inside, if our hearts haven't been offered up to the Lord, who cares what the outside looks like? Who cares if you're fooling others? There's a lot of people running around even fooling themselves, thinking they're obtaining, you know what, salvation with God by their outward actions and many even get as ignorant into thinking their outward appearance has some you know what uh, factor on their salvation and so forth uh, remember jesus told the pharisees in matthew 23 26 blind pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish then the outside may be clean also and everything starts with the inside he doesn't say hey clean the outside so then it will affect the inside but he says listen start with the inside and then the outside will be effective and it's the same with us as, as we, again, start with salvation in our heart. And as the Lord begins to work in our heart, then it begins to have an effect on our outward fruit and so forth. And then that's coming from the Lord versus us trying to manufacture something 
from a corrupt inside and boy things get really ugly uh, when that's the case this is interesting as well the kidneys and then he says the liver and one thing that's interesting about the liver biblically and these practices are still participated by many folks today uh, in in pagan worship the, the liver was actually used by the the the, the pagan nations for divination uh, ezekiel twenty one twenty one, the king of babylon stands at the parting of the road at the fork of the two roads to use divination he shakes the arrows he consults the images he looks at the liver and what they would do is they would take the liver and a liver has spots on it you, you ever heard that term liver spots on someone's body well the liver is spotted up and it also has a lot of grooves in it and so what, what these practicing divination and witchcraft would do they would take the liver and they they would try to read the lines like someone would try to read your palm or they would look at the marks on there and they would try to interpret you know the mark like i guess it'd be like you know going to a, a psychiatrist and he shows you an ink blot what do you see here and you know they would take the liver and again, they, they would use it. it it's kind of like what we talked about before with scrying, remember, with a mirror. And people still practice this today where they'll look into a mirror or a black mirror. They'll see demonic images. And absolutely, Satan will meet you at, 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 at any point if you want to try to practice the occult. Now, the Bible condemns it across the board, and we're not to participate in these things. And so with divination, they do that. It's interesting in that verse in Ezekiel, too. Listen, he stands at the fork road. And, uh, you know, you've, you've heard those stories about, um, you know, what, uh, what, what is it, the musician who goes down, uh, you know, to, to the crossroads. And, you know, remember that rap group, some of you guys know Bones, Thugs, and Harmony? Some of you guys, a few of you, a, few of you, a couple of you. You know, how many of you sang or whatever? Um, I, I don't remember any of the lyrics. They had that song, The Crossroads. Listen, that stuff's demonic. That whole thing, beating the devil across, it comes from the scripture. King of Babylon practicing it. He talks about arrows and so forth. Anyone witch wells? That's set up Satanism. It is, it is, there's no scientific reason for those twigs to cross when you walk over water. And I've had experiences with this where I've been able to expose it to people where those things will work. And then I'll say, listen, claim the name of Jesus and see what happens. And those things won't even move. It's all being pointed out here. They would do the same thing with the liver. And so for them, knowing that, again, the pagans practice with the liver, God called the Israelites to lay that before the Lord, saying, you don't need to turn to demonic, you know what, uh, witchcraft and occult for answers. Listen, lay it down before God and watch God go before you. And I'd encourage you even any tonight that maybe you've, you're, you've been involved in the cult before, or, or maybe you're in the place where you're trying to come out of it. And that stuff has a strong pull. If you've ever been involved in the occult, if you've ever been involved in witchcraft and so forth, and there's some people that have been involved in that stuff, it wasn't called witchcraft, but they were actually participating in it. Maybe they called it by another name. There, there's demonic, uh, you know, like callings there, and, and the enemy gets in and begins to know how you, how you, how you uh, think and so forth. But I tell you tonight, listen, lay that stuff down and watch the Lord go before you. Watch the Lord empower you. Watch the Lord strengthen you. Watch the Lord loose you. And I can't encourage you enough to lay it all down. Don't dabble in it whatsoever. Lay it all down like they're in Ephesus. Remember where they, they took all their, their books of witchcraft and so forth and they burned it all. And, and you know, they burned it because they said, we don't want it. 
And here's the liver. He says, come and burn it before me. You don't need that. You have God Almighty. Now, we also saw here uh, in, in the passage here in verse 6 through 10, and, and we've seen this throughout the first six chapters, and we'll read more about it. Most of the sacrifice went to the priests and their family to feed them. And... Um, provision for them because listen this was their job their job was ministering to the lord and ministering to the spiritual people the needs of the people and god didn't make it a thing where it's like okay you're going to do this at night and then during the day you're going to go work now sometimes that is the case for a pastor or a minister but in god's ideal situation he wanted them to be able to fully dedicate their life to the ministry so part of the way they were provided for was through through certain tithes and taxes and also, again, through the, the beasts that were offered. So there wasn't a waste here. You know what? There, the, the, this wasn't just, you know, they weren't just piling up carcasses and so forth. This stuff was partaken of. Uh, it, it makes sense. God is a God of order and so forth. He's not a wasteful God. And it's interesting. In 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 9 through 14, Paul speaks of this. And we talked a little bit th- about this on Sunday where he talks about, you know what, recognizing and esteeming those that that rule over you those that admonish you those that lead you in the body of christ part of that recognition part of that esteem has to do with provisions and paul puts it like this he says for it is written in the law of moses you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain Uh, it is oxen is it oxen that god's concerned about or does he say it all together for our sakes for our sake no doubt this is written that he who plows should plow in hope and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope if we have sown spiritual things for you is it a great thing if we reap your material things and that's what was happening here they would bring material things they would bring again these beasts and and it was for their sin the minister the priest would minister them spiritually and then they didn't hand that back to the person okay now go home and and you know what make some burritos or whatever out of this no the priest took that to provide for his family and Paul said, this is an, a, a great thing. He says in verse 12, if others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. And Paul chose not to partake in that. And yet at the same time, he was preaching that this is a biblical concept. He said, do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat the things of the temple? And those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. That's what we're reading about right here. Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And so, one, one thing the priests had going for them is, listen, there were a lot of Israelites, and when you get ever a group of people around, there's going to be a lot of sin. And so, there had to be a lot of offerings. And I just saw that scripture where sins abounds, sin abounds, grace aboundeth more. Because they would come, and they would bring offerings for their sin, and they did out of that the priests were fed and their families were fed and God even took something that was ugly and made something beautiful out of it. And I can guarantee you this, as the people obeyed the Lord, the Lord supplied all of their need. The Lord wasn't going to put them in a place where they humbled their heart and brought a sacrifice for their sin. You don't think God was going to resupply that need? Listen, anything God calls us to, he is going to uh, strengthen us and bring the provision to walk in it. That's just how he works. And so th- this is something that when it was walked in, you know, in its totality, it was beautiful and was awesome, and it brought great glory to God. Also, just a couple other thoughts on this, and we're going to get through the other passages a little bit faster. 
Um, listen, God is most concerned about our souls, absolutely, but he's also concerned about our daily provision. And here's the priests again, ministering to the souls of the people, and yet God knew that the priest had practical needs. And it's the same with us. Jesus is our high priest. And absolutely, Jesus first and foremost came to minister to the need of our soul and our spirit. But God also knows, as this is in Matthew 8, or 6, 8, the, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. And isn't that good to know? The Lord knows we have needs. And the Lord has, has told us, uh, again, he, he wants to supply those needs. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. And so we take confidence in him and, and uh, we lean on him. Now let's read 11 through 21 together and we'll touch on a few more things here. He says, this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings which he shall offer to the Lord. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. And so again, with the peace offering, uh, it, was a, it was an offering of thanksgiving. For, for it, was, it was the Israelites thanking God that they had peace with them through covenant. And notice when they brought the peace offering, it had to be with unleavened cakes. And we've talked throughout this and many times how leaven is a picture of sin. And I just know this in our lives practically, there's no real peace where, where, where sin and leaven is, a, is allowed to multiply and flourish. Uh, again, positionally, we don't have right standing with God until our sin is dealt with uh, by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. And then practically, even as believers, if we want to allow leaven to stew in our life, if we want to practically go, you know what, not walk in light, but walk in darkness... Uh, listen, you might get some practical, uh, temporary pleasure out of that sin, but you're, you're not going to have the peace of God in you. God loves you too much to allow you to have peace when you're walking in rebellion. And so maybe even tonight, uh, there's a lack of thanksgiving, a lack of peace in your life. It may just be because there's an abundance of leaven. And uh, that, that's not something that, you know, it, it should be something that if that's the case, it gets your attention. But again, you know what? There's hope in the Lord. And it's something that can be dealt with. Because he says to confess your sins before him and, and he'll cleanse you. You know, bring it before him. Lay it down before him tonight. Get freed from that tonight. Amen. And then verse 13, he says, But the cakes, as his offering, he shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. And from it, he shall offer one cake from each offering as a heave offering to the Lord. And it shall belong to the priest who sprinkles blood of the peace offering. So again, the unleavened cakes couldn't have leaven mixed in, but besides the cakes, he offered lev- or bread with leaven. And that seems like a contradiction. But notice the bread with leaven didn't have to do with the sacrifice. It came on the side. And I thought about this as I was considering it. Um, again, Jesus laid down his life without leaven. He was without sin. Otherwise, we don't have a sacrifice. But we come to him with our leaven, right? We come to him with our sin. And we say, here I am, a sinner. And praise God, again, he without sin took our sin upon himself to save us. I think there's a beautiful picture there. Also notice he mentions here the heave offering. Later on in this chapter, he talks about the wave offering. From, from as much as I try to study this and, and to get a grasp on it, 
there's not a lot of detail given in the scripture, but a heave offering had to do with, with a priest waving his hand up and down. And most say that that was done to signify that he is the king of the heavens, up and down. The wave offering, the priest would go side to side, and most believe that had to do with the priest declaring that God was the ruler of the earth. And you think about it, uh, you know what, we walk in power side to side around in this realm when we're right up and down with him. He made the way for that. 15 through 18, the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day as it's offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow or voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offers his sacrifice. But on the next day, the remainder of it also may be eaten. The remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day must be burned with fire. If any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering is eaten at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted, nor shall be imputed to him. Uh, It shall be an abomination to him who offers it, and the person who eats it shall bear guilt. And then notice 19 through 21. He says, the flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. Uh, And as for the clean flesh, all who are clean may eat of it, but the person who eats of the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord, while he is unclean, that person shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, the person who touches any unclean thing, such as human uncleanness and an unclean animal or any abominable unclean thing uh, who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord, that person shall be cut off from his people. And, and listen, th- this was sin if they did this, but really this had to do with health and sanitary issues. Listen, there's a lot of things that you shouldn't eat if it's left out for a day, right? You're probably fine if you order pizza on Friday night, it doesn't get put up, and Saturday morning you go open the box and you have a slice. Anyone ever do that before? Yeah, we all have. But listen, you don't want to take that tri-tip sandwich home, you know, maybe you got half of it wrapped up in your purse, and put that out for two days, and on the third day go and eat that. You're going to get sick if you do that. And so that's what this had to do with. Now, maybe back then they didn't fully understand why. Because with this, they also didn't get a course of microbiology. They just had to trust the Lord, right? The Lord said, don't eat of it. I know best, don't eat of it. They, as far as I know, they didn't understand about bacteria. They didn't understand about, again, uh, things that can't be seen and so forth. Again, men have only understood that for, for the last, what, couple hundred years or so uh again we we know that millions of people were were killed from people so millions and millions of people in the history of the world killed from just not washing their hands and whatnot so they didn't understand necessarily the why they just had to trust god well god knows best there's a lot of things we don't understand why right but we got to trust god god knows best we get it now from this. We, we look at, oh, yeah, man, don't, don't be eating that meat if it's out three days. Don't touch that. We, we wouldn't even need this. We just know, yeah, you don't do that. If something touches human uncleanness, of course I'm not going to eat that. You know what? That, human uncleanness, that covers a whole span of, of, of yuck, right? <laughs> we can produce some mass uncleanliness or whatever. So we look at from our vantage point, we're like, oh, yeah, of course you don't do that. They didn't understand that then. They, they didn't have that science. God had it. They just needed to trust in the Lord. 
I guarantee you there's a lot of things that the Lord says no to us and we don't get, but the day's going to come when we fully get it. We fully understand that. So let's trust in him today. He knows best. 22 through 27, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, you shall not eat any fat of the ox or sheep or goat and the fat of the animal that dies naturally, the fat of that which is torn by wild beasts may be used in another way, but you shall by no means eat it. For whoever eats the fat of an animal of which men offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, the person who eats it shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, you shall not eat any blood in any of your dwellings, whether a bird or beast. Whoever eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. Again, the fat represented the the health and strength of the animal. He says, you lay that all down before the Lord. And I'll tell you, with this, as they would lay this down before the Lord, strength would come from the Lord. And it's true. The more we give unto Him, the more strength we're going to get. The more we withhold from Him, listen, it's going to be the opposite effect. You can't outgive God. Also, again, we get this. He says, don't eat roadkill. That's what He's saying here. If something dies naturally, something usually killed that thing. And who wants to eat, you know, an animal at the end of his days? And if it's torn by a wild beast, this thing's going to be infested with bacteria and so forth. Also, he talks about not, the, not partaking of the blood. Uh, again, we're in the New Testament. He said to Peter, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But again, they didn't have the refrigeration. They didn't have a lot of the stuff that we have today. And less life's in the blood, but you know what else is in the blood? Oftentimes disease. So don't eat of that. Plus the pagan nations around them, like with the liver, they drink the blood. And, and that stuff is still prominent today. You ever hear of spirit cooking? A lot of the allegations of that, of, of people in the upper echelon and Washington and the world and so forth, they go and they drink human uncleanness. We'll just leave it at that. It has to do with paganism. Those people are trying to invoke demons they think they're opening portals and other dimensions and having interaction with beings they're just opening themselves up to demons and it's, it's pretty much seen in most of their policy right that it's like where do you get this this is demonic yeah that's you got this from a demon you know what this we we need to do prayer groups otherwise i just rattle on on that for a while but 28 through 38 let's read it and we'll touch on a couple last things then the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel saying he who offers the sacrifice of his peace offering to the Lord shall bring his offering to the Lord from the sacrifice of his peace offering. Notice here, his own hand shall bring the offerings made by fire to the Lord. The fat with which the beast, uh, the, the fat with the beast he shall bring, that the beast may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. We talked about that. And the priest shall burn the fat in the altar, but the beast shall be Aaron's and his sons. Also, the right thigh you shall give to the priest as a heave offering from the sacrifice of your peace offerings. He among the sons of Aaron, who offers the blood of the peace offering and the fat, shall have the right thigh for his part. For the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering I have taken from the children of Israel from the sacrifice of their peace offerings, and I have given them to Aaron the priest and to his sons from the children of Israel by a statute forever. This is the consecrated portion for Aaron and his sons, <coughs> excuse me, from the peace made by fire to the Lord on the day when Moses presented them to minister to the Lord his, as priest. The Lord commanded this to be given to them by the children of Israel on the day he anointed them 
by a statute forever throughout their generations. This is the law of the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, the consecrations, and the sacrifice of the peace offering, which the Lord commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day when he commanded the children of Israel to offer their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Just a couple things here. I emphasize in verse 30, his own hand shall bring the offering made by fire to the Lord. Again, uh, it was of utmost concern and importance that the person himself dealt directly with the Lord. You couldn't send a servant. You couldn't send your grandpappy down to take care of your sin. And you got to deal directly with the Lord yourself. I'll tell you this, we need a direct touch from God ourselves as well, right? As there's one mediator between God and man. I can point you to Jesus, but we need the touch of Jesus on our lives. Also with this too, the God had brought it with their hand. There was nothing more important going on in their life than going to the temple and worshiping God. Nothing more important. And yet I run into people all the time doing all this stuff and they don't got any time for the Lord. They think all their aimless conduct is of more value than seeking first the kingdom of God and God who just gave them the last breath in their lungs. Again, the Lord gives us assurance. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the Lord says all these other things will be done unto you. You want your time multiplied? You want to get more done in your day? Seek the Lord first. He, he, he can make the sun stand still. And then he says, this is, this is a statue for all your generations. And see, all these things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So it's a statue that stands fulfilled. And then lastly here, it says, this is what the Lord commanded them to do. And this was something he was calling them to do. And now he's given them instruction and commands of how to do it. And this is why I get leery real fast when people start telling me God told them to do something that we don't see instruction concerning in the Bible. Because what he calls us to do, he's going to give us insight and instruction on how to do it, and he's going to be the provision and the strength to do it as well. So Heavenly Father, we praise you tonight. We give you glory. Lord, we just thank you for all this truth before us. Lord, let us take these things in, think on them. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're the fulfillment of these things. And we thank you that you know best. Build our faith in that, God, to trust in you, to lean on you, to know, God, that you have our best interest in mind when you laid down your life and when you wrote your word. And so, God, give us faith to abound in you. And tonight, if you haven't called on his name, we've, we've talked about the gospel tonight of what Jesus has done on the cross. I can't encourage you enough to humble your heart and call upon Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and absolutely, he will meet you where you are at. And so we thank you and praise you, Lord. Bless our time of prayer right now. Uh, bless the rest of our fellowship tonight. Uh, just even bless us, Lord, as, as we, we leave this place. And uh, we just thank you that you are so good. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I encourage you guys. We got a little bit, a few minutes here. If you want to take some time and, and pray. If you need to get going, that's, again, that's fine too. And then uh, I'm going to be up here, and if, if uh, any of the pastors want to come join me, if you want prayer tonight for anything, come on up, and God bless you guys.